0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. back here. It feels good to be in this space. I am really really enjoying the journey of making this show for all of you and just seeing what arises and and yeah, it's Saturday morning. Salt Lake City. The sun is shining on me through the blinds. I'm cozy in a blanket and a hoodie and I have my coffee, my decaf I added some mate. Roasted mate is very popular in the Brazilian culture, and uh, when I'm feeling a little bored of my decaf, I'll like add a spoonful of roasted mate. It really, uh, really adds some flavor to it. So, I'm really excited to get into the topic that has landed for today, as I'm sure you've seen. In whatever it is that I've decided to name this show, (laughs) today's episode is going to be about kindness, which may seem boring to you. If it is, I encourage you to keep listening. And I hope that what I have to share with you today can inspire you because most of us believe that we are kind, we are inherently kind. But the world has also made us cold, and the world has also divided us, and the world has also made us avert our eyes away from each other, and that isn't kind. So today I really want to get into this subject of kindness. But first, I want to share with you, you know, what helped me become so kind, because truly, I know that I've always been like a nice, gentle person. I've always been very empathic and kind. But I wasn't able to access that under the layers and layers of anger and resentment and self hatred and lack of well being that I was experiencing in my, you know, my late teens and my early 20s. And um, I have to share with you guys actually the number one antidote that created kindness for me. And that is meditation. That's meditation. Really, really, truly, truly. And if you're listening, I'm going to assume that you have a great meditation practice. But I'm also going to assume that maybe you want to tune it up a little bit. And you want to actually learn how to master your meditation practice from me, a teacher. I'm an authentic teacher. I have had Uh, You know, I, I don't mean to, like, blow air up my own skirt here, but I say this because I want to be visible as an authentic meditation teacher who has sat in front of many masters, Rinpoche's, Lamas, and more than just that in the tradition. But I've also been given the blessing to share these teachings, and I've spent the last decade collecting as much information as I can about how to meditate and how to teach others to meditate. So no matter where you are on your journey, I'm so excited to be announcing that my very first ever online course is live on my website. Always, forever, it's going to be there. It is called Meditation Mastery and it's a six-week course into cultivating and fostering your own unique meditation practice. And I'm just so excited that it's out there. I'm so like relieved that it's out there because it's needed. I know that I have so many people who follow me on Instagram or go to my website and you, know, you can download guided meditations that I have. You can download apps that have guided meditations. But guided meditations are a crutch. And they're only going to get you so far. If you're looking for... A deeply spiritual, profound experience in your meditations, you're not going to find it through a guided meditation. You're only going to find that through your own experience, through your own exploration of meditation. And you need a teacher. You need a teacher. You need a teacher. You need a teacher. Every single book I have read on meditation, and maybe you have noticed this too, it really, really stresses find an authentic teacher that resonates with you, that can guide you, that can support you. And so if you, if you buy Meditation Mastery, I'm here for you. Reach out to me. Ask me questions. Allow me to support you and guide you on your journey. That is what I'm here for. If we didn't look for teachers, if we didn't look to expand ourselves, you know, there's this this mentor that i had who i i always admired him um he wasn't a meditation mentor he was a he was a business mentor of mine and i invited him to one of my meditation classes and you know what he said to me he said oh oh jane i've been meditating my whole life i don't think there is anything new i have to learn but thank you for the invitation and in that moment he stopped being my mentor he could have just said no you know he could have just said oh that's great jane It's not like I expected him to come. It was more of an invitation. But his unwillingness to open his mind and learn more, that's what he said, right? He might as well have said, oh, Jane, I am completely unwilling to ever learn more or expand my mind or my meditation practice. So no, thank you. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in people like that. And one of my favorite students, she's, you know, much older than me. And she said, oh, Jane, I've been meditating my whole life, and this course was incredible because you gave me all these new tools, and I got to sit down for an hour every week and be held in that container, that one-hour container of we're meditating, we're having an experience, we're journaling, we're getting these small glimpses, these little tastes of what it means to meditate, and then she got to really tune up her own practice and make it even better and improve upon it. And she was so excited. And I was so grateful to her. I was so honored to have someone like her in my class to reflect that, that truth that no matter where you are on your meditation journey, on your spiritual awakening, you should always open your mind up to learning more. The day that we choose to stop learning is the day that we start to die. I I don't know who said that, but I know someone said that. (laughs) And so I'm just so happy that this course is out there because now, you know, forever, if you come to me and you're like, Jane, I really want to learn to meditate, I can give you something that I am very proud of. I'm very, very proud of this. It is very traditional. And it also has a lot of new age modalities sprinkled into it. We start with very traditional Shamatha Tibetan, which is kind of what you'll learn if you go into a Buddhist temple and you start a beginner meditation course. And then we move into pranayama, we move into movement meditation, we move into mindfulness, aka active wakefulness. That's what I like to call it, active wakefulness. And then in our very last session, we go into my quantum healing practice, which is a little bit new, more more new age, a little bit more inspired by the akashic records, moving onto the quantum field, and and it's advanced. And so I really guide you from beginner into advancing your practice through this course. And I'm so, so, so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. I know that it's incredible. So that being said, you can buy it on my website. It's $222. And for the next uh, week and a half, you can use a discount code, Mastery15, to get 15% off. I think that brings it down to like 188 And you can also split it up into four payments of $56. If that feels like, you know, the $222 is a bit of a a stretch for you right now, you can finance it. (laughs) So go check it out. If you have already purchased it, I would love to know what you think reach out ask me questions and you know if there is a big enough group behind this course we could even have you know meetings every other month where we get together and meditate and you can ask more questions we can we can really grow this experience together so if you have bought the course if you've enjoyed it i would love to hear from you okay so now that that has been said as always i do have milo in here He seems to be in his own world. He's playing with his toys, so if you hear any squeaking or anything like that, any interesting growling noises, that would be Milo, my lovely little dog, my little puppy. Ah, So just getting into the episode, let's just take a few deep breaths into the heart center, breathing in, exhaling out the mouth, ah, breathing into the heart center again. Good. Breathing in one more time. Ah, oh, feels so good to be here. And as you're tuning into your breath, I want you to notice where in your body feels good right now. Where in your body feels good? Where in your body feels pleasure? Where do you feel relaxed? Where do you feel bliss? Where do you feel peaceful right now? I'm just welcoming in as much pleasure as I can into this moment, and so, in my devotion um, container with my yogis there, we are we're starting to finish up our 12-week container, and um, I am preparing a, a a Buddhist lecture actually for the first time ever. I am preparing a Buddhist lecture, and as I you know am planning to teach the Four Noble Truths, and the Six Paramitas, and the Eightfold Path, I'm realizing these things don't actually matter. And it brings me back to this this quote that we have all seen from the Dalai Lama. My religion is kindness. That's it. My religion is kindness. Buddhism is about kindness. Kindness. That's what we're about. And I can give you all these teachings about Buddhism, about the philosophy, but it's about being a kind human being and waking up every day with a goal, with a vow, with the intention of being more kind. More kind. Not not just, okay, I'm going to just keep being the kind person that I am. No. It's waking up and saying, today I'm going to look for ways to be more kind. And I truly feel like the universe has been kind of sending me tests lately, testing my own kindness, sending me these moments where I'm I'm asking my heart and my mind and I'm grappling with, can I be more kind in this moment? And I'd like to start this episode with a story, actually. And these stories you guys that I want to share today, I really don't want them to come off as "I'm just the kindest Buddhist ever no I want to share these stories as moments of we have a choice to avert our eyes or to look directly at the pain and act out of kindness and this is what I want to inspire you to do so the other day I was driving home from teaching a meditation class um and it was a weird class. There was this odd student. It was a very bizarre class, to be honest. Teaching meditation is always an interesting experience. And I was driving home with just like the weirdest vibe, like this guy in my class was just so bizarre and I was just thinking about him and and asking myself if I was as kind as I could have been because I didn't think he was being very kind to the class And I was offering him patience, and I was not even planning on mentioning any of that in the story, because it is not relevant to the story. (laughs) So I'm in West Valley. I'm driving. Um, I come up to a pretty regular-sized intersection, right? And I see I'm on the right side of the intersection, on the right lane, and opposite all the way across the intersection, on the other side, on the left side, on the opposite lane, I see a guy on his motorcycle just totally swerve out of control, fly off the bike into the intersection. The bike rolls on top of him. He tumbles into the middle of the intersection. And luckily, all the cars are stopped. And I immediately pull my car over, turn on my warnings, and get out of the car. And then all the cars start to drive by. And as soon as the intersection clears, I am running across the intersection to this man who is laying there. He's just laying there, you guys, in the middle of the intersection. And I am the only one who stops her car and gets out to make sure that this person is okay. And he didn't look okay. I was fully expecting that I would need to call an ambulance. Like, I hope he didn't break his neck. Like, it was a horrible crash. And he's laying there, and I get to him, and, and you know, first thing, you guys, if you ever see someone in an accident like this, you do not touch them. You have no idea what their spine is like. You do not touch them. I just got close enough so that he could hear me and that he could know he wasn't alone. And I said, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm right here. Are you all right? And he starts to open his eyes, and he's like, I'm okay. And I'm like, you're fine. Let's just take some deep breaths. And he starts to wiggle around and he starts to move. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God, he's alive. And as he starts to move around, I see another guy who's parked his car kind of down the street and he's walking towards us. And this guy looks like a biker. (laughs) And I was kind of relieved because I'm like, okay, there's someone else here. Oh my God, I'm not the only one out of this entire intersection. There had to have been 40 cars that saw this happen. And I'm like, thank you, angel, for not letting me be the only person who pulled over to help this kid. Like this guy was probably younger than me. He was probably like 19. And 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 I can and so this other guy is walking over to help and he's just got that biker look, you know, and he goes, Kid, you okay? Like I, I saw you tumble and oh I've I've crashed like that before. And and the the kid he he starts he starts getting up slowly and he sits and I'm like, just breathe, you're fine. Like no one's going to hit you, like, let's breathe, you know, and he kind of, he he just needed to, like, pull himself together, and he starts standing up, and he's looking around his body, he's wearing a huge helmet, which is great, he's wearing a huge helmet, and he's wearing a leather jacket, and this is why we, we, I don't ride a bike, (laughs) this is why if you ride a bike, if you ride a motorcycle, you should always wear leathers and a helmet. The leather on his sleeves are totally sliced Open and I can see his bare skin is completely untouched. His knees are bloody. He's got some bruises, but he's like checking himself. You know, he's like, I think I'm okay. And then another woman walks up and she was in the neighborhood and she's like, I saw you fall. Are you okay? Oh my God, that was so scary. And I'm like, three people, three people cared enough to come see if this kid was okay and he's just a little bit, you know, I can tell his ego's a little bruised. He's a little embarrassed. He's like, oh my God, I don't know how that happened. And the other guy helps him lift his bike up. And the girl's like, can I drive you home? Can I take you somewhere? And he's like, no, I think I'm okay. I think I just want to just drive home. And he gets on his bike and he drives home. And we all kind of give each other a nod and go back to our cars. And I was just sitting there like, I cannot believe I was the only person to pull over and get out of my car. Of course, these other two people wandered in later, but that I was the only one with that sense of urgency to run into the intersection and to make sure that this kid wasn't alone. And I just kept thinking, what if that were me, that I was on any kind of bike, right, or even walking, I got hit. I'm laying there in the middle of the intersection alone, and nobody comes up to ask me if I'm okay. Imagine that. Imagine that. And all, when I saw this kid laying there, I just wanted him to know, like, hey, I'm here. There's someone right here. Are you okay? And this was one of the many little things that. I've kind of been experiencing lately, and and my teacher, he is my my, my teacher, Lama and Rinpoche, that I reference all the time, he's, he's always saying, how can we be more kind? Because our kindness isn't enough. It's not enough. The, we're getting comfortable where we're at, and we need to be more kind. And sometimes when he's talking to us like this, I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm a nice person. Like, why are you getting all mad? And now I'm like, This wrathfulness of, like, we need to be better, you guys. We need to do better. We need to do better, okay? And so, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about this today because the story should be, dude, this guy flew off his motorcycle and everyone was like, oh, my God, are you okay? The story should not be I was the only one who ran into the street to make sure he was alive, and to call him an ambulance, which, thank God, he didn't need. I was so relieved that he was okay. I was so relieved that he was okay, and I don't know this person. And that doesn't matter. This person could be anyone in my life. And I I pulled out this book this morning. It's one of my favorite, favorite books that I highly recommend you buy for for your spiritual practice. It's so important. It's called Loving Kindness. The Revolutionary Art of Happiness. It's written by Sharon Salzberg, who's one of the first women to um, bring like meditation and Buddhism and um, these practices of metta to the West. And if you've heard of the practice of metta or compassion practice, which... I teach all the time. You can also go buy Compassion Practice on my website. I think it's like $22 or something like that on my website. If you want to learn Compassion Practice, it's there. But um, in this book, Sharon Salzberg, she really talks about it. And my dad gave me this book, which is so funny. My dad has given me some of my favorite Buddhist books that I've ever read. And he wrote on the inside Jane. When you don't get what you want, give more until you do. Smiley face. XOXO. I love you, Pops. And that's just, that's such a dad thing to say. Um, But there was a, I just wanted to open up and just read directly out of this. By contrast, the spirit of meta is unconditional, meta meaning loving kindness open and unobstructed, like water poured from one vessel to another. Meta flows freely, taking the shape of each situation without changing its essence. A friend may disappoint us. She may not meet our expectations, but we do not stop being a friend to her. We may in fact disappoint ourselves, may not meet our own expectations, but we do not cease to be a friend to ourselves. And I love this. I love this because it really is... This idea of being a friend to all people. its You're a friend to all people. And that's what we teach in compassion practice, this idea of equanimity, this idea of giving everybody the same equal amount of love that you give to your best friends, to your partner, to your family, to your favorite people. Can you treat everybody with that kindness? And as I was kind of contemplating what I want to share in this episode, this kind of phrase, um, random acts of kindness, kept on surfacing for me. And I'll be honest, you guys, I think it's the dumbest phrase ever. It's the dumbest concept. And I know that that's a harsh, that's kind of harsh. But like when people like go out and commit random acts of kindness, I don't know why that's always really bothered me. Because. Acts of kindness should not be random. They should not be random. They should be consistent. They should be daily. We should hold ourselves up to an expectation where I will be as kind as I possibly can every day. And I get it, you guys. Some days you are pissed off. You, are, you have got resting bitch face. You are glaring at everyone that drives past you. You don't want to make eye contact with one person. I get that. And give yourself those days. I give myself those days where I'm like, I feel like a bitch today, and I'll just call it out. I feel like a bitch today. I want to be a bitch today. I probably am about to start my period or something, and I just allow it. And I avoid putting myself in situations where I may be unkind to somebody. That's called self-awareness, right? But acts of kindness should not be random, you guys. They should be consistent. They should be consistent. And of course, if if you're, you know, like when I eat at my, res- we ate at the restaurant that I served tables at for years. Uh, what's up, Taqueria 27? Um, we were eating there the other day and we hadn't been there in so long and our server was just so sweet and so kind and I just saw myself in her, right? And I, she, I, she had no idea that I had this whole history in that restaurant and I tipped her fat. Like, I tipped her way fatter than what the 20% of our bill was. And that was a more random act of kindness because I just, I felt for her and I just wanted to share that. Um, But we should always tip people really well. We should always be generous, right? Now, a consistent act of kindness is, um, I'll share another story. Oh my gosh, this was the same day, actually. Um, after we ate at that restaurant, we stopped at Harmon's at the grocery store downtown and there was a woman standing outside and you guys I'll be honest when people ask me for money if I have money, I will give it to them like they need it more than I do. If giving you the three dollars I have in my wallet is gonna help you, I'm gonna give it to you and I hope that by me saying that maybe you can loosen your grip around your wallet a little bit and if the person looks like they're going to use it for drugs, I don't care. Like, I know that's fucked up, but, like, if I lived on the streets, I might want a few bucks to have a beer, you know, to take the edge off a little bit. Um, anyways, so we're walking into Harmon's, and this sweet woman is standing outside, and she just says, Hi, excuse me, ladies, do you have any spare change? Um, I would just really like to... I'm just trying to scrape together enough money to just buy some food. And it was it was getting cold that day and I was like, "I'm so sorry. I don't have any change, but let me grab you some let me grab you a meal." And you guys, this is my automatic response. Like this is my without a doubt response. I probably would have been if we weren't walking into a grocery store, I would have been like, "Oh, we got some leftover tacos in the car. Let me grab them for you." If I ever leave a restaurant with leftovers, And I see someone on the street who is hungry, I I give that to them. And this is, again, consistent acts of kindness. It shouldn't be random. This should just be normal. And so, yeah, that was my immediate knee-jerk response of, oh, my God, I don't have any cash, but I have a credit card. Like, what do you like? Can I get you a sandwich? Do you want some soup? Like, do you like sushi? And she says, honestly, anything I can just carry with me on my walk tonight. And I was like, you got it. We went into the Harmons just to get coffee. And I walk in there and I'm like, oh, God, does she like roast beef? Does she like turkey? Damn. Um, well, she needs some soup because it's cold and this ca- the sandwich is, is going to be cold. So I'm going to get her some warm soup. And he got up some crackers with the soup. And I got to put it in a bag so that she can carry it where she's going. And we leave and I'm like, girl, I hope you like roast beef. <laughs> and I asked her, what's your name? I'm Jane. This is Bruna. And it's so nice to meet you. I hope you have a good night. Again, I'm not telling you guys this to be like, I'm so good. This is just normal. This is just like my normal life. And these are aspects of me that you just don't see. And so I want you to really look for these moments in your life, When the universe is asking you to be more kind and you have a choice, do I avert my eyes or do I want to commit consistent acts of kindness? Do I want to hear when the universe is giving me a little test? Well, Jane, are you going to ignore this person or are you going to look them in the eye, share your heart with them and ask them what you need? Because here's the thing. Chances are, you know, that sandwich and soup, That I don't even know how much that cost me. It was probably like five bucks. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. What matters is that one person showed that woman kindness and hopefully brought some warmth into her day. And that's what we want to share. It creates a ripple effect, right? It creates a ripple. And that kindness gets to be... Passed on. So, kindness towards strangers should actually be your number one intention. It should be number one kindness towards strangers. When you're walking down the street, do you smile at people? Do you make eye contact with people? This is huge. Do you make people feel like they exist? When you are in, when someone is serving you, For example, um, gosh, I have so many stories coming up. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. A few weeks ago, it was actually the day of my grandma's funeral, so, like, I give myself a little bit of slack. Um, I had had a massage at a place that week, and I had noticed that they had charged me twice on two credit cards, um, and I thought that was so bizarre. So I called and I was like, hey, um, I was in there for a massage the other day, and it just looks like you charged me twice, and I was just a little confused. I just want to get this taken care of, and the woman on the phone was, like, pissed that I was calling about this, and she was like, if you'd read our website, you would see that we automatically charge the card that you use when you, when you, when you, when you, when you schedule your appointment, and I was like, oh, and I'm realizing, like, sh you're right. It did say that on the website. I'm so sorry. Um, but I, I gave my card to the masseuse and, and she charged it. And so that's, that's why I'm confused because now I have these two charges. And the woman was just like, she kept cutting me off and she was so mad at me. And I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry. Like this was totally my mistake. Um, and you seem really upset, and she was like, you're calling in here with this tone, and you're not being kind, and she was just like yelling at me, And, and again, I was like, I was shook, you guys, because people are always nice to me, and I'm always nice to people, and I was shook by the way that this lady was so angry at me, and I just kind of let her have it out, and at the end of the call, she said, I will fix this. And I said, thank you so much. And I will never be back to your business. And I hung up and I was shook. And I told Bruna, I was like, why was this woman so mean? Like, was, and, and I, and I And I, you guys, this is what I do. Was I mean? Did I call in with a mean tone? And Bruno was like, Jane, you're going to your grandma's funeral today, so maybe your tone wasn't as nice as it usually is. Give yourself a break. You didn't deserve to be talked to that way. But here's the funny part that, like, kind of gave me some relief. You guys, I'm an avid Yelper, okay? And this is actually part of my kindness. Every time I have a great experience at a restaurant or, you know, a business, I like to leave them a positive review on Yelp because I like to spread that positivity and I think I just have kind of an ego about getting, like, a good standing on Yelp. My sister works for Yelp, so I think that I, like, kind of – I'm, like, getting tips from her on how I can, like, be one of those Yelpers, which is just a really weird quality of mine. So, of course, I get on their Yelp page to see, like, does anyone else – like, is is this woman, like, mean to everyone or was it just me? And I was dying, you guys. There are so many reviews about this, how the business owner, it was the owner who I was speaking to, how she is just awful to customers and she's awful to her employees. And those poor massage therapists make $30 an hour. And and I saw like, wow, this is not a business I want to support. I went there because it was close to my dad's house one day when I wanted a massage and and it was a mistake. Now I have this like horrible taste in my mouth around that business, but it after that call, the point of this the point is the point is the point that I would like to make about that experience is that after that, I was like, Jane, every time you were in a customer service situation, you were going to tune up your kindness even more. Even more. So You know, I call the tire place. I need to get my new tires put on for winter. He answers the phone. Hello, big old tires. How can I help you? Hi there. Who am I speaking with? Oh, this is Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you today? Well, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Jane, and I just need some tires made today. Oh, wonderful. This is standard. When you are in a customer service situation, hi, what's your name? Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Jane. How are you doing today? I guarantee you, and you know what? I didn't start my conversation with a massage therapist that way. I had been crying most of the day. I wasn't in a good spot. I saw this charge on my credit card, and I'm the type of person who's like, I'm going to fix that the second I see it. So when we go into these customer service situations with this, I'm going to be as kind as I possibly can because we're remembering this is a person who is probably in a call center, in a tire shop, you know, people probably aren't being nice to them all day long. So I'm going to be the nicest person to them. I'm going to be the best part of their day. I'm going to be a blessing factory to whoever I interact with today. I'm going to ask them their name. I'm going to ask them how they're doing. And then I'm going to get into what service I need from them. And you can bet that they're going to take way better care of me when I'm being kind to them. Than when I'm being snappy white girl Karen that is so not who I wanna be. I can be a Karen if I need to. I can be a Karen if I am not getting what I want. But we wanna use our Karen skills for good, you guys. We wanna use our Karen skills for good. When's a good time to pull out your inner Karen? When you see the police talking to a person of color and the person of color looks afraid. You walk up and say, hey, is everything going okay here? I'm a white woman and these police will listen to me and respect me and I can maybe be a good Karen for this person who might be in a very scary situation right now. I can be a Karen when a guy at the grocery store is just trying to buy a bottle of orange juice. He's just trying to buy a bottle of juice and he's coming up short. He doesn't have enough cash and the guy at the fucking counter won't just give him the goddamn bottle of juice. I can walk up and be a Karen and say, hey, how much more does he need? You know what? Just I'll buy you the juice, okay? Have the juice. Have a good day. God bless, you know. Use your Karen powers for good if you're a white lady. <laughs> use your use your Karen powers for good, you guys. Don't be the mean Karen. That is going to get that is going to get your food spit in. That is going to get you some negative karma. Okay? So be the best part of a stranger's day. Be the best part of their day. So kindness towards strangers is number one. And if you've done my compassion practice, you know that there's three types of people we need to practice kindness towards, right? That is our loved ones that we love the most, that we love unconditionally. Strangers that we're um, indifferent towards. And then our enemies, And our enemies is where we really need to practice, you guys. And I myself, I myself still need to practice it, you guys. I have the hardest time to this day having kind thoughts towards my enemies. I was out the other night and I ran into an old friend, an (laughs) ex-friend. A friend who literally broke up with me, crushed my heart. In a way that I have never had a friend crush my heart. It was worse than a breakup, you guys. I ran into her and I was just like, hell fucking no. I do not want to say hi to you. I do not want to talk to you. I do not want to act all fake and nice to you. Because if I do, I will be mean. And this happens, you guys. This happens. I actually, I oh my gosh, I have I have been tested like crazy lately. When I'm getting on the flight to go to my, to go to my grandma's funeral, I kid you not, my, my sister texts me. She's up at the front of the plane, and she goes, your ex-girlfriend is on the plane. She just saw me. She knows you're on the plane. And I was like, hell fucking no. I, if she talks to me, I will not be nice. I won't. I am not in the mood. I am grieving. And that lady at the massage therapy clinic wasn't nice to me this morning, and I will not be nice. So you know what I did? I put on my mask, put on my beanie, tucked my hair into it, put my hoodie on, put my headphones on, put my face in my book. I was like, she is not going to notice me. If I were in a more kind place, maybe it would have been differently. But you guys, if we know we're not going to be kind towards someone, if I know I'm not going to be kind to you, if you have caught me on the wrong day... I am going to avoid you. And that is me being a bodhisattva. That is me being as kind as I possibly can. And another situation is like someone texts you something that pisses you the fuck off. And you want to write them back a novel of how shitty they are. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't text back. Just don't text back. It's kinder to not text back than to unleash all of your bullets on this person through text, okay? So with my enemies, I'm still struggling. I don't want to be kind to you. You hurt me, and it's hard for me to have well wishes for you, but that is where the compassion practice really, really comes in. We really need to work on that. And this is something I talked to my students about. I just had a call with one of my students about such a similar subject this week, and I was kind of envying her, but I was also cheering her on. And I'll share just a little bit of what she shared. Um, You know, there's that contrast of seeing someone that, that really fucked you over when you were young. Like, they really, really hurt you. But you have come to such peace with that experience that you see them, and you're just like, hey let me give you a hug. It's good to see you. I hope you're well. I really genuinely hope you're well. That is power, you guys. That is power. And most of the people in my life, I see them and that's my thoughts. But the universe has decided to send me the two people in the world that I do not want to see, that I do not want to be kind to, to test me and show me, Jane, you're not there yet. And then, you know, there's the people that come in and you just say, nope, Not available to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will not be kind to you. I can't. So I need to remove myself from the situation. So when we do our compassion practice, we really, really practice breaking down that energy around the heart, breaking down that resentment, and improving our kindness and having just good wishes towards them. And that's what I loved so much about what my student said when she said, I genuinely hope that they're well. I hope that their partner as well. I hope that they're feeling good. I hope that they're happy. That is meta. May you be happy. May you have well-being. May you feel tranquil in your body. May you have joy. That is meta. and that is powerful. Now, the last people, the third type of person that we want to practice kindness towards are the people that we love the most. And here is actually where we can be a little bit more analytical. You can say, like, I love my sisters more than anything, unconditionally. Are you showing that to them? When you're with your family, are you sharing your presence with them? Are you giving them patience? Are you listening? Or are you on some sort of autopilot? When you're with the people you love the most, how can you make them feel more loved? How can you be more kind? How can you make them feel more special? How can you do more than what you have been doing now to give them kindness? Whatever it is, whatever it is, how can you be more patient? I think that's a big one for me and my family. How can I be more patient and accepting of this is where you are right now in this moment and I'm going to give you my presence. I'm going to share my calm energy with you. I'm going to love you unconditionally and I'm going to be as kind as I possibly can for you. With our family, sometimes it can actually be hard because with the people that we love the most, and I want you to really hear this. With the people that we love the most, we can treat them the absolute worst. We can treat them the absolute worst. Bruna can see me in my meanest, angriest, maddest, most ugly states because it's easy for me to just unleash that around her. You know why? Because I feel safe with her. Because I feel safe with her. I know, and this makes me feel emotional, but I know that no matter how ugly or mean, I mean, there's a boundary, right? <laughs> if I hit Bruna, she's gonna leave me. You know, if I'm if I'm an angry drunk, she's gonna leave me. But within the the bounds of respect, no matter how angry and mad and mean I can be, she's gonna keep loving me. And she's gonna love me through my flaws, and she's gonna love me through my shittiest moments. And that is why it can be so easy to unleash our ugliest selves on the people that we love the most. And that's something I don't want to do anymore. I don't. I don't want to unleash my ugliest self on anybody. And my teacher in Nepal, Khenpo Monlam Rinpoche, he said to us, a moment of anger that is acted upon can burn through a lifetime Of positive merit. So say that you let your anger get the best of you and you want to go hit somebody, right? I don't know. I've never done that, but I've wanted to. Oh, have I wanted to? Have I wanted to just walk up to someone and just knock them out in the face? (laughs) I feel a little bit bold saying that out loud, but you know. Just because I'm a Buddhist doesn't mean that I don't have horrible thoughts about beating someone up. But I would never do that because I know that the second I do that, this lifetime of positive karma that I have worked so hard to build up, it will burn up in that moment. And I will be repaying that karma for the rest of my life. And through repaying that karma will be the guilt that I feel for letting my actions get the best of me. So say that you do have a past where you do have some negative karma. Maybe you did used to get into fights. Maybe you have spread nasty rumors about somebody. Maybe you have acted unkindly towards other people or yourself. You guys, I have hurt myself in ways that I don't even want to begin to explain. And I'm burning through that negative karma through my commitment to altruism. My commitment to opening and growing my heart. My commitment to forgiveness. My commitment to consistent acts of kindness. This is how I make up for it for myself. I used to not feed myself when I was hungry. And now, if a, if a person on the street says, I'm so hungry, I need a few bucks. I'm like, let me buy you dinner. What do you need? That's a way for me to give back to that person that I rejected in the past right? So it's just how can we improve our kindness? And and this brings me to my final point. How can we be more kind to ourselves? And you guys, sometimes I get into these loops where I'm like, damn, Jane, you are not a fun person to be around right now. You are not being nice to me. I'm alone all day and I'm stuck with this bitch. <laughs> This Jane who's like, you didn't meditate long enough. Your yoga practice wasn't hard enough. That breakfast was not Ayurvedic. You just ate two pieces of bread. Ew, Milo hates you. You're not a good enough mom. Stop drinking so much coffee. Stop smoking so much weed. Your family doesn't even love you that much. Like, oh my God, what a bitch. Like, who wants to live with that? Like, literally, I had this moment yesterday where I was like, I am an annoying friend to myself. I'm that annoying friend who doesn't realize what a bitch she is. And I just, I was walking Milo at the park and I was just like having this conversation with myself, like, okay, Jane, we gotta talk. You've been annoying the shit out of me lately. You haven't been very nice. I don't know what's going on with you, but can you be kind? Can you just like chill the fuck out? And this is what I always teach how can you be your own best friend? I know that there's a line in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says to Arjuna, the only person that you will ever have, that you can ever count on in your life, is you. Arjuna is about to go into battle with his entire family, with all of his friends, everybody that he's loved in his life has turned against him, and he's realizing, the only person that I ever am going to truly count on in my life is me. And do I even like me as a friend? Am I even kind to myself? So on that walk, I just tuned in. Okay, Jane, shapeshift into your best friend. And luckily, I have an amazing best friend. Her name is Ashley. (laughs) And she shows me how to be a best friend. And maybe if you have a best friend that shows you how to be a best friend, you can remind yourself how to be a best friend to you. So I'm walking Milo and I'm thinking, okay, Jane, you've got like an hour and a half until your next class. What do you need? What do you need? What would feel really, really good? And I think, man, I want a bowl from the protein foundry. And all these objections in my head, the bitch voice in my head is like, um... It's winter. You shouldn't be having acai bowls. Acai bowls are not Ayurvedic and you're about to give an Ayurvedic lecture. Also, that's like a 20 minute drive. Why would you drive 20 minutes to get an acai bowl that isn't even that good for your belly? It's not Ayurvedic. You're going to be freezing afterwards. You're mixing fruit with milk. You're breaking all the rules of Ahara. And I just said, bitch, shut the fuck up. I want an acai bowl. And if I'm going to be my best friend, I'm going to get in my car and we're going to go get me one. And so I did. And that was kind of my first step of like, Jane, be your best friend. Be your best friend. Do what feels good. Stop being so goddamn hard on yourself. Be a little more loving. Be a little more soft. How would you treat your best friend if she were in this situation? You would say, babe, give yourself the world. You deserve it all. Who cares that you're giving a lecture right now that says to not eat frozen foods and to not eat, you know, fruits that are mixed together? Give yourself what you want right now. And this is brahmacharya, right? Making, making right choices. In that moment, that was the choice I wanted to make. And it was fine. I'm not like, oh, no, I'm reaping the negative effects. Yeah, because an acai is so harmful. No, I was a little bit cold while I gave my lecture, but it's fine. I drank some hot water. I gave myself what I wanted, and it was this moment of letting go, of remembering oh, I need to be kind to myself. I need to be kind to myself. I need to be kind to myself. And, you know, I spend a lot of time alone these days. You guys know that Bruna is off in her firefighter training, kicking ass, representing women for all of us. She's the only woman there, only person of color there. We're so proud of her. But I'm alone a lot. And yesterday I was like, you're alone a lot and you're not having a fun time being alone with yourself. This has got to change. So, like I said, the universe has just been throwing at me all of these tests of, are you really as kind as you say you are? And so for you who's listening, I want to ask you, are you really as kind as you say you are? Have there been moments in the past few weeks where you were offered an opportunity to choose kindness and you didn't? When somebody some stranger on the street needed your help and you averted your eyes. When a car was just trying to get into the lane and you were just too busy to let them cut into the lane. You know, it's these little, little things that we do when we have these God complexes and we act like we're number one and we're the most important person on this earth. When we're not. We're not. Humility. Humility grace, kindness, unconditional love. That's what you are. That's what you are, and that's what you're here to spread. So that is my message for you today. True kindness. Make kindness your mission. Always seek to improve your skill of kindness. See the way that the universe is testing you, asking you to grow and expand into your own kindness, and set the example of kindness for others. Today I shared all of this with you, not to say, oh, I'm such a saint. No. And, (laughs) okay, so the guy I had in my meditation class on Wednesday, he was bothering me so much because he was talking... Through the whole class, about how kind he is, about how people call him a saint, about how he just wants to help others. And what he didn't realize is that he was sucking up all the energy of the meditation class by talking about how kind he is. And I didn't fi- find that to be very kind, I found it to be quite narcissistic. <laughs> So I'm not here to share this message with you to say, I'm a fucking saint, you guys. No, that's why I had to tie in the parts where I was like, you're telling me my ex-girlfriend's on this plane? Fuck no, I will not be nice to her. I can't. I can't, you guys. It's been four years since I've last seen her, and I still can't. I still need some time, okay? I'm not a saint. But... The expectation of kindness towards others that I hold upon myself is so high that I know myself, and I hope that by sharing these stories with you, I set that expectation. You see someone fly off their bike into an intersection, you pull the fuck over, and you make sure that they're okay. Someone asks you for for money on the street, you don't avert your eyes. You say, what do you need? How could I help you? Could I just buy you a meal? Because $3 might not buy you the nourishing meal that you really need right now. I just want us all to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Like, you're drunk at a bar and you see someone you hate? Leave. Just leave. No need for confrontation. No need for spreading the anger. (sighs) kindness is everything. It's everything, you guys. And I can tell you that learning to meditate is what helped me become a kinder person. Because before I started meditating, my brain was just so loud. It was loud. It was talking so loud. It was talking so much. It was so angry. It was so resentful. It was blaming every single fucking person for everything they've ever done with me. It was angry at my parents for what they did five years ago. And it was angry at my teacher for not giving me a good grade. And it was angry at my roommate for leaving dishes in the sink. And I was just so angry and resentful all the time that I couldn't be kind. And I regret that. I have a lot of regrets for the way that I treated people when I was in my darkest place. And after just about two weeks of meditating for three minutes a day, exactly the way that I teach you in my meditation mastery course, here's what I noticed. When my friends were talking to me, I would just listen. I would just listen. I learned how to listen to people. And when I was walking on campus, instead of staring at the ground and averting my eyes away from other people, I started to make eye contact with my peers and smiling at them. You have no idea. You have no idea how impactful your beautiful smile is on other people. You have no idea. So the more that I started meditating and learning about metta and compassion and the deity Chenrezig, my heart started opening and I started to discover that inside I am actually a very kind person, but all of that kindness was just covered up by all of this noise in my mind. And that's why meditation is so important. It is the antidote. It is the catalyst for your healing so go buy my course (laughs) go buy my course it's so good I'm really really proud of it you guys like I, I I'm good at what I do I know it and this course is incredible and I'm very proud of it so Uh, Lastly, the last thing on my mind is that Perry and I have officially announced the dates for Spacious Oasis 2022, May 11th through the 15th in Page, Arizona, at the same gorgeous property we were at last spring. Right now, enrollment is only open for the S-O-O-G's. That means Spacious Oasis Original Gangsters, in case you didn't know that. Um, so if you're listening and you're an S-O-O-G and you want to choose your room and you want to choose your spot, just Venmo, Perry, the deposit, it's only $300 and you can choose your spot and you'll be set. And then in about, um, I think a week, a week and a half, we're going to open it up to the rest of the public. So if you are not an S-O-O-G, you are still welcome to join us. Um, So just let me know if you're interested so that we can start getting you prepared because I have a feeling this retreat is just going to sell out so fast and that we're probably going to need to plan another one for a few months later really quickly just so that we can serve all of our amazing people. And at these retreats, I do give Chenrezzi practice. I do give the compassion practice if you'd like to learn more about that. I will link the compassion practice, my virtual experience, Into this um, show notes. I will also link Meditation Mastery into the show notes so that you can continue on your journey of kindness. And if you have done something really, really kind for somebody, something that inspired you to serve others in a new way, I would love to hear about it. You could voice message me or you could type it out in a message and send it to me, and I would screenshot it and anonymously share it to my story to inspire others to not commit random acts of kindness, commit consistent acts of kindness and hold ourselves up to that standard every single day. Okay, my loves. Thank you so much for listening to this show today. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope you feel inspired. Let's take a big deep breath in. (sighs) You are beautiful. You are loved. You are divine. You are needed here on this planet, and I love you so much. Bye-bye.